This is our league, and this is your league. Broadcasting from the 55-yard line in Japan to the shores of the Great White North and everywhere around the world on Gridiron America Radio and the Sports History Network. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. ADSPF Sunblock Wearer. Mr. ADSPF Sunblock Wearer. There are 24 hours in a day. You're wearing 80-hour protection. If the sun fails to go down, you'll be ready. Don't forget the moonlight. Your coconut-scented force field blocks out all the sun's rays. And any stray rays from another sun in another galaxy. Your star. 30 SPF. Please, you might as well be wearing cooking oil. Something smells delicious. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, Mr. ADSPF sunblock wearer. In fact, feel free to crack one open at high noon in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Mr. ADSPF sunblock wearer. Bud Light beer at Isa Bush, Cartersville, Georgia. Hey everybody, welcome to the 55-yard line, and tonight I am joined on the 55-yard line with Fran Stutchberry from Our Sports Central. Um, for those who are listening, Dave is not able to join us tonight. He is on dad duty, so it is just Fran and I. We are here to talk UFL. We are here to talk Our Sports Central. We're here to talk sports journalism, and man, Fran, you and I have been talking here for a good half hour before we hit the record button. So let's just get right into it. Frank, tell us about yourself. Tell us about our sports central, um, how your career started with sports journalism and what our sports central is all about. Well, here's how my career started. I was in a big arena football fan growing up when I was younger. And then back in 1998, the Mass Square Garden decided to bring the New York City Hawks to Madison Square Garden. So I was able to cover some games in the garden and, and enjoy arena football games. And what happened was uh, prior, prior to that, uh, I, I got an email from, from Ken Gill t- telling me about uh, a website called Arena Fan. So I decided to you know, join the, um, join the website and get on the message board, and I started to engage with fans. So um, – I said, why not do a, a, a uh, do a rainfall radio show? I had Pete Porcelli on, a former player that I met on that mailing list. I said, let's have a, let's have a guest on just for kicks. I had him on. People were listening after the show. A guy from Nashville called and said, "Fran, it was a great show." So I'm like, maybe I have something coming here. So I decided to do a rainfall radio show, the first national show called Arena Zone. So it was kind of like a a passion project of mine. I had Jim Foster on uh, once the, you know, talk about the history of the league. I, I had um, a couple other guests on one day. I, I, I had the Nashville cats um, fan site uh, runner, Neil cook on and people in my sports department were attacking me for covering the league. And uh, they even refer, you know, they was basically telling me, I'm um, giving me attitude and this and this, this and this. And I was like, Oh, how about this? Let me do a show next week. Um, I'll cut it to half an hour. And, um, and I'll, uh, you know, I mean, we'll just do it, go on. So what happened was I had to get a big impact guest 
to get fans to listen. And Jim Forster called again um, um, and came on my show. And he said, Fran, I can only talk 10 minutes. I was bummed. But what happened was the interview was going so well. People were um, sending me questions all over the country. And the interview went 45 minutes. And then at the end of the interview, I said, Jim, my mission tonight was to prove an arena football radio show could work. And Jim Forrester said, Fran, you're a pioneer. I appreciate um, what you're doing. I knew then after those comments I was going to make in sports. Then things got a little bit crazier after that. A guy named Rory Webb from Tampa Bay called after the show um, to, um, to invite me to come down to um, cover the arena ball. And uh, they put me up with a hotel down there. So my parents, as a graduation present, sent me, um, uh, gave me an air- airplane. I got down on that plane. And uh, when I got to the airport, Rory welcomed me with a Fran Arena Bowl sign. <laughs> so I was like a, you know, like a big celebrity. So sitting down there having fun. And Rory told me one thing that I always took to heart. He told me that arena football fans were the most passionate down-to-earth fans you'd ever meet. And that transpired over the years. Uh, I ended up uh, that night covering my uh, went to a Devil Rays game that when they in their first year in that dump of that Trop Stadium. So, and then uh, I went down. I covered the Arena Bowl. That was a fun experience. I did a post game radio show, and then I um, you know, c- came back, and then um, I, I I had a hard time looking for work opportunities. And then um, I made a I made a contact in Arena Bowl. Um, worked for the Dick Buckets Football Network. He said try the Sports Network, and uh, they decided. To, they, um, I reached out to them. They decided to give my boss a uh. Uh, an assistant and my friend's reference got me the job. I ended up working for the sports network for, for, for over 17 years. So that's how, that's how I got, thanks to my arena football career, you know, it got me my foot in the door. And then when I, prior to uh, moving to Pennsylvania, I, I had uh, Kurt Warner on his rookie year with the Rams. And uh, a, year, a year after that, he was Super Bowl and NFL MVP. And then now he's in the pro football hall of fame. So that was kind of cool to pull that off. So. Yep, that's how I got my 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 career in sports started, and then back in around 2000, Paul Reitz, who's on the Arena Fan email list, I wasn't much of a writer back then, but Paul loved my passion. He told me, "Fran, I'm starting a new website, R Sports Central. I'd love to have you involved." So I got involved, and my first article I wrote was the XFL um, um, preview back in 2001. So that's how I got involved with our sports central back in 2001. And you've been writing with them. God, for man, I hate even we're aging ourselves here, but man, we're going on what? 23, 23 years now. 23 years. Yep. Wow. Wow. And how many articles it just off the top of your head? How many articles do you, do you think you, do you know, or think you've written in those 23 years? Hundreds. Uh, it, it depends now because now I'm doing more with the week around the leagues. Every right. week I'm doing. I'm that's 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 where it's already fifty articles right there. But, um, right. Players of the week interviews. Um, I'm doing a lot more writing now because now I have more sports. Now that I'm down in Raleigh, I have more sports opportunities. I, I covered the Philadelphia Soul Arena football team, um, for five years. When in the heydays from 2003 to 2008, that was fun to when, when the arena football was good. After 2008, it was a bleep show. After that, but it's okay. another story. And for those who have not visited our Sports Central, can you just tell people what the the website covers? Because you know, last week Dave and I we we sat and we talked to UFL. UFL, we're bringing talking UFL. You know, a lot here in the next probably month or two. 
but our sports central is much more than 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 the United Football League. It is an all all encompassing website that covers leagues all around North America. All sport, everything non Big Four, everything non Big Four, and uh, um, you know MLS. I'm sorry, no offense, you're not Big Four. You can you, you're buried on Apple TV. You are not Big Four. Deal with it, please. <laughs> And um, I mean, for like, if you're a hockey, a minor league hockey fan, it's really the the one site to go to because that's where I'm kind of a minor league hockey fan. I mean, I'm from Chicago, so we had the Chicago Steel. You can find an article on the Chicago Steel or the Chicago Wolves on our Sports Central. Um, and with with you and Paul, I mean, it's not just you and Paul, but you guys have a team. How long have you guys been together as a team with this website? Well. I, I'm been together with him for, for over 22 years. Um, um, uh, but you uh, got you guys have more guys. We have we guys have writers that write different contributors. I mean, one guy, the one guy you probably like is Dan is Dan Krieger, his weekly sports league and franchise report. People love that article. Yeah, that uh, is one of those people articles. People love people. People go gaga. Oh, that people love that article because it gives you all the. He covers the leagues I don't even want to touch talk about. So he. Well, and that's that's yeah. That's what I guess that's what I meant. You over the twenty. Over the 23 years you guys have had the website, it's more, there's so many contributors here. And what you're talking about, that mailing list, I saw somebody on Facebook mention about the mailing list. And it's just, it was nothing but positive reviews about how important that newsletter is to people. Yeah, because it's just, when you have, when you have, when you have people that are involved, that have passion. It definitely works. I mean, as far as like minor league hockey is concerned, uh, we even cover the junior leagues. That's even another layer where, I mean, it's we can Paul considers that another layer of people that care about it. What, the thing is, here's what's going on in our in these days. All these newspaper sites, everybody wants to pay. So the problem is now uh, you have to find other webs, um, news 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 sources to get get the local stories up on the site. Um, but uh, uh, one thing people like about Arsenal Central is if, if you don't get the newspaper stories, you get the press releases. That's when people love that stuff. You get the stories, the the game recaps. So you don't miss anything on your teams as long as they as long as we're on the email list. And you guys are not firewalled at all, right? Not at all. Nope, nope, no firewalls. I mean, everybody has pop up ads. This is the day of, but right. you know, that's the, that's. The, but we're not we're not asking for money. We're not. Okay. We're not. And it's not about. We're not asking people for money. Nope. Cool. And right now, I mean, you just recently just kicked out your latest article about the ufl so let's kind of let's segue to the ufl and we'll talk more about our sports a lot of you and i are going to be talking a lot over the course of 2024 of course um you know fran's going to be a regular contributor here with dave and i as we march on to the new year that's kind of the new thing we wanted to get start get going here on the sports history network uh because the great thing with fran is fran knows his history Fran has seen leagues come and go and has written about them and has witnessed history firsthand, um, sports history firsthand. So Fran, let's talk about starting off with the UFL, but let's move back a little bit. Let's talk about your experiences with, you know, spring football with the XFL. Where did it all start with the XFL? Back in 2001, it was a passion project. 
I was a big WWE WWF fan back then. I may get sued, but um, nah, I, I, I I was a big wrestling <laughs> fan back then, and uh, yeah, the, the, um, yeah, some wildlife made people may go crazy after me. But I was a big Vince McMahon fan. I was a big disciple of his. When the Expo came on board, I was going gaga with it. I'm like, um, I I that it was a passion project for me. I love it's just uh, I I loved alternative football and the and it, and it excited me because. The, I mean, all the promotion, all the exposure. I I, li- I lived in Pennsylvania at the time, so my t- and my team was New York, New Jersey Hitman. So I had a team to feel attached to, which was which made it kind of fun. It was so it was fun. It was a uh, when it first started. I mean, honestly, at the first game, if they had their Orlando Chicago game instead of um instead of uh Vegas in New York, uh, it would have gotten a much better first impression. It would have gotten. It would have got people a little bit better. The second week, the LA Chicago overtime game was one of the best football games I ever seen in my entire life. I was like, I love that game. It was exciting. I was on the phone with Paul during that game. Paul, this is awesome. He agreed. So I was kind of like, it was fun. I mean, uh, I enjoyed it because not being able to get the games, how they handle things was they had mics and quotes and things like that. So guess what? I was able to watch TV and get my quotes for my, for my story on TV. What a concept that was back in 2001. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously we all know everybody who's listening to this show and actually anybody who's a football fan kind of knows how the XFL kind of ended, but friend, I'm thinking you might be a little bit like me because for everybody who criticized the league as to what it did wrong, there were so many things that first version did right. Well, it what, comes... what did they write? What did they write? What did they write? Was it? Look at the NFL. They copycat and all that stuff. All the cameras and all that other stuff. And the backstory was it, the UPN wanted the wrestling stuff, and W they would have they would have kept it. Vince didn't want to. Vince did not want to give this up. He doesn't want to fail at things. He did not want to get. That's why he brought it back in 2020. He doesn't. He hates failing at things. So yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It was. It was like a. It more. It was more like. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If it didn't end up on NBC and started small, it would have survived. Because if it just started on other small networks and it would, it got too big too soon. And the thing is, the people wanted it to fail. The hatred was even worse than what we've seen lately on these Facebook pages. The hate for the XFL. If you hate it, then why are you covering it? I mean, uh, they, they just want the hate and the anger and the anger. It's like, I mean, they were just ho- wanting it to fail and to, and, to, and to obliterate. Give me a break. I mean... I mean, I mean, I mean, and the thing is, back then, of course, uh, we had a league called the WNBA, and of course, nobody—and I mean nobody—would ever say any negative or critical about the WNBA. Reason why? Because you don't want to be accused of being sexist or getting in trouble with your media outlets. So it's kind of like, yeah, you can bash the XFL all you want, but God forbid you say anything about women's sports, because then you're then you're SOL. So. And when it came to the XFL, obviously. You had Vince McMahon, the personality that he is. He's either love him or you hate him. But as a business guy, mm, you know what? It's hard to disagree. I mean, Vince McMahon, you know, worth billions. I mean, he has been a very good businessman. Uh, All I got to do is look at how, you know, going back to wrestling, how how the WWF was just a regional, and then all of a sudden it was national. And you look at what he did, and you were there. You're like me. I was a huge wrestling fan in the 80s. Uh, been to somebody asked me, and it's like, yeah, it's like, you don't like wrestling. I go, listen, I watched wrestling every day in college and have been to three matches myself. So 
<laughs> and I was a huge Miss Elizabeth fan. I mean, I'll put that out. I was a huge Macho Man fan because he was from Chicago. But with Vince McMahon, I honestly thought the XFL was a great idea. It was just in the execution. It might have been too much too soon. But, you know, back in those days, and we're 20, and we're talking 23, and we're not talking that long ago, but the media landscape was so different because we didn't have streaming. We didn't have, thank God, we didn't have social media. We didn't have Facebook. No, uh, we, we, didn't didn't have, have no, Facebook. we didn't have We didn't have trolls. <laughs> but we had, you know, the XFL wasn't just on NBC. It was on UPN. It was on cable. Um, and it's sad. It, you know, I was disappointed when it all went away because I was thinking this, if it would have be, been given a second chance the next season, I think it might have had, there, there was a chance for success. So we fast forward then to 20, to the 20, 20. to, you know, 20, let's, 20, go to 20, let's go to 2018 because that's when all the planning started and you had the first off you had, I always call it XFL 1.5 came along, which is the AAF. Did you guys, and off the top of my head, I'm, I'm asking asking the question because I don't know the answer, but off the top of my head, did you guys at our sports central cover the AAF? I'm, yes, we did. I, I did a weekly column. Yep. I, okay. I was, I just, I decided to make that commitment. And the funny thing was, this is what happened with that. I did my players of the week, but here's what me and Paul decided to come up with. Since they weren't doing extra, like extra points and, uh, on, on PATs or whatever rule they were doing, we came up with the offense, defense, and one that I used for every other week unsung hero which is a key play or a moment for a player to win the game i mean af was um all the oh my god i mean all the hype and the i mean charlie Abershaw should be embarrassed of what all all the lies and and all the lies he did all yeah. the hype and all the all the hype and all the all these plans and all this stuff and the thing is it was on shaky grounds with investors uh, I mean, it was, I mean, all this promise, all this years of funding and all these things and all these things. And people were excited. They had questionable ownership groups. But the thing is, you want to know why they moved so fast? Because they, they felt they had to meet the XFL first to market and get those teams and get those markets. They felt they got, they did not want to compete against the XFL. They, they should have said, how about this, Vince? How about we join our, our, our sources together? Vince would not get involved with him. He wanted to do his own thing. I mean, right. he knew he was going to die on his own. And yeah. after the second week, they came so close to being bankrupt because of the funding, and Tom Dundon gave him a Hail Mary, which lasted the week six more weeks. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was down working at PNC Arena direct, um, in the parking department directing traffic, and over the radio, I heard that um, uh, uh, I heard that Charlie Eversole was um, coming into the arena. Of course he was coming into the arena. Because he wanted Tom Dundon's money as quickly as possible, make sure the um the checks wouldn't bounce. So it's just, I mean, the thing was, people can bash Tom Dundon all he wanted. He's a businessman. It, um, if he didn't get involved, it would have folded after two weeks. And the thing was, here's what would have happened. Um, but from what I heard, if it did last second season, and I wish it did, Raleigh. Card Family Stadium was going to have a team. I, I would have had a team to maybe work for or cover, but uh, I even made that commitment where I was going to, to Fort Worth for that championship, but thankfully I decided to get a, a refundable flight, which I used for Expo game the following year in Dallas, but uh, I, I was committed to go, and I was having fun with it. I was writing, I was doing a podcast. I was writing my, my articles. I was like, this is fun. I mean, it wasn't a bad product-wise, 
some it was just um yeah no it was a great product i mean some, I of, the, remember... some, some of the markets were a little questionable putting it yeah. in salt lake, salt lake come on that's a little weird some well especially the timing of it too um okay so when the um aaf started i was in i, I was all in i was all in on xfl 2.0 too and we're going to get to that in a minute but with between the press conferences and again we're living in an age now everything's streamed so it's like man press conference i'm on it because I like spring football. I like, you know, I like alternative football. And despite what people might think about me on social media, I I, I, I am an XFL fan, was an XFL fan. I just got a salty sense of humor with my meme. So I apologize if I've offended anyone out there. Well, so, you are, as, as Jerry Spring would say, you are forgiven. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so with the AAF, I was all in it. In fact, when the AAF opened up in Arizona, I just happened to be down the street because I, that's where I did. Um, at that time, I was I was in the Navy, so my Navy station was right down the street, and I didn't go. I I'm still mad at myself for not going, and I'm thinking, well, I have another chance to go, and then next thing you know, it's gone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, look who was coaching, Steve Spurrier. Come on, that's big time. Steve Spurrier, that's big time to get a coach like that. Mike Martz, you had all these great coaches. Um, and you and I had, you know, we, we've messaged quite a bit in the last week, just talking about, you know, there's that great documentary out there about the AAF that's Broken available promises. on Amazon Broken Prime. And, yeah. on, and on YouTube, if you, if you type, if you type in Alliance is broken, you'll find it for free. Save your money. Oh, wait, oh, you can, I hope they yes. fix the audio. Cause that was oh. the, the one thing about that documentary, the audio on it sucked, but it's a great, it, if you can play with your volume, play with the volume knob enough. Well, it's a great, I, it's a great documentary. I'll tell you a fun story because it, it was it was one of my Facebook friends from Orlando that uh, was a photographer. The thing is, I give him credit because he, I mean, you're not burning the least gone. You're not burning any bridges, so you might as well go for it. You might as well at least uh, get some out there. I mean, you're not the least gone. What are they going to do? They're, they're gone. They can't sue you. They have no money. So you, I give him credit for for doing some a passion project and to. And to giving people a side that they should know. And the thing is, you're not burning your bridge. That that looks good that you did something that of high quality like that. Well, I mean, and that's you know that's kind of always been my, especially with in the 21st century, uh, when it comes to spring football, not a whole lot has been written about the history of spring football in the 21st century. Obviously, and you've read um, you've read Brett Forrest's book about the original XFL, right? Yeah. Uh, it's one of, and there's another book called it was football stupid, which is another good book about the history of the first XFL, but it was nice to see with the AAF to have at least something historical to look at going, okay, this is where we messed up at. This is how you don't run a league, start a league, etc. So while the AAF was imploding, you had the XFL 2.0 um coming up and to me i again i was all in i watched everything i watched the press conferences with oliver luck when they were naming the teams um vince mcmahon came out you know in non-vince Mc, you know in non-wrestler mode in businessman mode saying here's what we're going to do this is oliver's you know it, it, you know very very professional it came out i was all in on it and obviously the world you know you know, we had the the twenty. We had a plague breakout about midway through it, and put all that to bed. Um, but when it came to the XFL, 
to me, it was it was well planned out. Man, this could have worked had the world not ended. Well, I I I covered it too, and I did two road trips. I did a. Uh... I was a New York Guardians fan. Uh, I'm glad they got a team. I ended up doing, going to D.C. We, uh, for New York Guardians um, D.C. Defenders game. That place is awesome for a game. Thank God that it's, um, that that the MLS team is um, stadium is owned by the MLS team, so they're allowed to have a football team there because that place is awesome for football. The beer sink, the passion, the fans. That that place is what the league is all about. The fans. We can talk about. The, what happened in 2023, but that was fun. Then, like two weeks later, I went to Arlen, um, Dallas for a Dallas Renegades um, uh, game against the North Gardens, where I, I had a flight to Dallas, and um, and I, and I stayed at a friend's house because I made arena football friends across the country, and uh, he let me stay at his guest room for free. So it was awesome. It, that's another part of the covering these leagues where I made so many friends across the country where I've I've made so many good friends. So it's, that was that's another perk of being a the fans media guy. So uh it was fun. I, I was on such a high with all this traveling and then COVID nineteen shut the world down and yeah. I crashed and burned for a very, very long time. I was just so happy to get on to have that vacation before the world imploded. Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm you're I'm sure you're probably like me, you remember exactly where where you were when you realized, oh shit, we are going to be in. I mean, I was in I was in an airport in Phoenix when I'm looking, going, yeah, I got a feeling the world, the life's, the world's about ready to turn topsy turvy, and obviously it did. Um, well, let me ask you this: what you know, with the pandemic and everything, with the with X, the XFL, let's just say in a perfect world, had the pandemic not happened. Would we even be here with the UFL or the XFL three point or XFL three point oh? What are, what do you think? I mean, you have covered enough. You know enough of history. You've seen, you've seen, seen enough. You know enough people. Um, for lack of a term, you've been around the block when it comes to to these leagues. What do you think would have happened? Where would we be with the XFL right now had the pandemic not bad, not happened? If it wasn't for the pandemic, it would have survived. It was Vince was not going to fail this time. Look at the attendance figures they had before the pandemic. It was doing great. Look at the television ratings it had. People look at the, I mean, the teams. It was fun. I mean, the, everything was was going right about it. And the thing was, pandemic not only killed that, it killed everything. I mean, my right. bank, my interest rates went down the toilet. I used to get uh, enough money to pay you to pay a bill. Now I now I couldn't even, can't even get a cup of coffee with my interest rates in the bank. It just it, it killed everything. Um, I mean, uh, the, uh, COVID. That's how I got into security because um, because uh, essential workers and someone told me I was good secure would be a good security officer and guess what they were right so it was kind of you know it's been a nice little career for me the past couple of years but uh, I thought I thought it would it would succeed and the other thing was if COVID didn't hit the the economy would have been fine there would have been no, right. none of this nonsense would have happened with this inflation and all these other things people would have had the money to spend on these things now right. going in this world now it's like it's just people. When 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 the XFL uh, launched in 2023, people were a little disappointed by our tennis figures. My thing is, people do not have the money to spend on entertainment values. People are working three jobs to pay bills. It's a different world out there. You you couldn't you can't compare 2020 XFL to 2023 XFL because it was a different world, different economy, and and different. And the other thing is, people are a little hesitant to support a league that may not survive. Right. Well. And then moving on, okay, so with the XFL, okay, so we had the XFL 2.0, pandemic came. 
And then there's talk of the USFL. And I remember when that, and then that was that period right after the pandemic. 2021 is kind of about the time period. You had the XFL and the CFL talk on merger. You had the USFL coming out of the blue because it was an outgrowth of the Spring League with Brian Woods. What was your first, first off, what was your take on the Spring League all of a sudden becoming the USFL? Basically, it was just they saw something that TV filler, they saw something that uh, people may actually watch. That's what they they, they wanted. They, they wanted a TV pro- program. That's what they wanted. They wanted this TV content. It was never about the fans. That's just Spring League was just, and Brian Woods is a pine. Let's, let's talk about history. Remember, remember that FXFL? Remember that that disaster? Remember that that the full experimental football league. Remember that disaster. Yeah. Remember was... remember that he remember he had that league that lasted like, and I don't know even if know if it survived one season, but it killed the Omaha market. Omaha had that good that's um a good uh thing with the uh, UFL um that's right. The, but the, the, Brian Woods basically burned every bridge you knowing the mankind you know uh pay unpaid debts. And then and now he's and then he gets another it's like he gets another chance with the spring league. Like, oh, let's do it as cheap as possible again. And then the other story was with him, there was reports that he didn't pay hotel that um uh, hotel debt. So it's like, what is going on here? And now he's involved with this just because um what he bought a trademark? What did he deserve to get an opportunity like that? That's that that wasn't really fair. He's not a good, he's not a good businessman. He just invested in something that he, on you know he's able to buy. That's all he did. He didn't do anything to earned this opportunity to be involved with a, with a football league, a legitimate football league, not at all. And yeah, because we, you know, you when you, we, you talked there, I forgot about the UFL and the FXFL. We'll, 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 we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's. Oh no, no. I mean the 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 old the the fall UFL. We'll, we'll, we'll do that when we, when we compare the new one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yep. And um, you know, my take on the the USFL when it came out. When I'm sorry, with the Spring League becoming the USFL, the old, you know, the old guy in me came out. Uh, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. You're just taking, you're just, these are not the same teams. You know, you're, you're taking, and I'm, listen, I mean, you can't, I don't know if you, you can see in here in my, in my, my studio here, but I have one whole section of my office devoted to the original USFL. And I've got many helmets and everything. So I'm still very much, you know, when it comes to the UF, USFL, um, when I think about it, I talk about it, go back and watch all games, I'm a teenager again. And that's what I love about football history, football nostalgia. So when this came out, I'm like, huh, okay, well, that's great and everything, but and nobody's, you know, Doug Flutie came out. He's like, yeah, this is going to be bigger and better. I'm like, oh. well, the final the, the product did come out um and what we saw was basically you know a studio version of football because they're playing in hubs but there's no real fans so were you able to go down to birmingham that first season and watch any of those games I thought about it, but it's a pain in the ass to get to Birmingham. It's not, it's just, yeah, I was going to say, from, yeah, it's from a travel like, standpoint, you, you got to take a million flights. And plus the other it's not thing, like flying it, to Chicago. I mean, come on. I, and I, and the other thing is I hear the airports, the area is not the safest thing in the world from what I've heard. It's not, I mean, you got to be careful in certain parts of the area. My friend, you know, I'm saying I, I heard Bant Birmingham. And the other thing was I didn't have the, the, the as much interest in that USFL because it was the, the other thing is if I'm going to go down there, 
what besides the Birmingham games, uh, there's gonna be no one in attendance for the other games. No, no, there were crickets. There was there was drones making more noise than fans were. I mean, well, the non-Birmingham games were a joke. It, you know, as far as, from 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 a from a fan standpoint, I mean, from a I mean, it was just like like watching a scrimmage. COVID's over. We don't right. need to see that. Yeah, you know, when I was watching these games, and it took me back to you know, you and I message. I I sent you a link to there about the short story that George R. R. Uh, uh, Martin did about the last Super Bowl, about a future. It's an old science fiction short story for those people who don't know. And I'm going to try to put a link into this to for people to get more information in the show liner notes. But the the gist of that story is is football has now become nobody's watching live real football anymore. Everybody's watching you know, basically Madden on their TV to see how the greatest teams play out. So when I was watching the U, uh, the USFL doing the, the studio, I mean, doing the, the hub, I mean, that's to me what I thought. It's like, this is, it was almost like, you know, fiction come to life. And I'm watching it, but yeah, it was like, it, it had no soul, I guess in a way, that's the only way I can put it. There was very little, there was no crowds. I mean, the guys out there were hustling. And that's, to me, the, really the key thing is it's like, okay, the players are having a good time, but nobody else is because there's nobody else in the stadium. Um, so I really wasn't too high on the USFL when it came out. And obviously, this past year, I was not able to watch the USFL because I live in a country that's geoblocked from USFL. Uh, I was geoblocked from USFL coverage. So... When it came to the USFL second season, were you more in on on the product this time on the second season? Well, a little bit less because I was a little burned out covering the XFL that second season. I was a little football fatigued. I, I covered <laughs> I, I covered the XFL. I'm like I'm covering thir- almost thirty weeks of fo- like uh, twenty weeks of football. I'm getting a little tired. I'm like I'm covering it, but at, towards the end, I'm like, please let this end. Because I was tired yeah. from I was covering twelve weeks of the XFL. Then I was going uh, when they interact when they when they went head to head a couple of weeks. It was uh I mean I mean the US the second the second season the US fell it, it it dropped. I mean they they did not do better. The the tennis the Birmingham got worse. The TV ratings got worse. Um, they wouldn't let's let's say this. At least I give the XFL credit. They gave transparency with these attendance figures. The yeah, USL, even even in the markets that they had. Uh, the three markets they had, they would not even reveal attendance figures. What are you hiding? I mean, is it? I mean, you. Be, I mean, I know if you have you you, you have tickets like ten dollars, whatever. Be transparent, and I hope this new version announces attendance figures. I know fans of Facebook are gonna go crazy, but they go crazy about everything. But uh, the thing is, at least be transparent. And then like, and Canton, it's like a Canton's a nice market, but it's, that's like a minor league feel. Canton's like a, it's not really. I, it's cheap. That's what. That, that's how I feel about Ken. I mean, it's okay. affordable. It's a yeah. The yeah the football Hall of Fame, but it's not. It was never a long term solution. Like somebody, there was never going to be a long term solution. Or Canton. I mean, how is that bringing corporate sponsors and fans? Even though they consider part of the Cleveland market, it's not part of the Cleveland market. It's I don't. Do you, you do you consider Canton when you think of uh, Canton? Do you think you consider that Cleveland? I don't. I don't. I don't. All I know is you drive around Cleveland to get to Canton. That's all. That's what I know of Canton and, and Cleveland itself because it's canton's not part of cleveland i mean you know i i didn't i didn't feel canton is stuck right in the middle of eastern ohio and you're surrounded i mean it's more a regional town than it is a major market 
Yeah. And well, but obviously you got the 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 Pro Football Hall of Fame. But not if it weren't for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, you know nobody would know anything about Canton. Well, how was it? How was this? Is there is there an arena in that area? Just just out of curiosity, is there, is there a sports arena in that area or not really? Off the top of my head, no. Well, because if there was, you know, there's a league that would love to have any uh, the arena football. This do a version of arena football would love to, you know, if you have five bucks, you can you can be owner in that league. So yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, talking- that's that's the type of league. I mean, arena football can't uh, can't would 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 be uh, perfect for this arena football league. They're desperate for owners. You know, the, the soul can't pl- can't don't have no place to play. They can play in Canton, but uh, that's that's for another show. Yeah. Um. So XFL 3.0 came along. What were your first thoughts when it was bought out of bankruptcy by the Redbird Group? And also, too, what were your thoughts, too, when the, the whole CFL merger talk happened? Well, I, I never thought it was going to happen. Uh, the CFL was never going to get involved with the XFL. They were, not, they, they were People in Canada would have gone crazy if, if Americans got involved with it. They would feel like they were stealing their game. They, the only reason why we uh, they had U.S. expansion back in the heydays was because they, they needed the money. Otherwise, they would never add teams and they wouldn't have US teams back then to they need that money. I mean it, it didn't work, but it, it kept the league afloat. So, you know, and, and and I used to like and I went and the Baltimore Stanley's they 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 loved their team. And uh when I covered a, a great cup in Montreal in two thousand one, those fans were still there. So I mean the fans uh, that would have lasted Baltimore if the Ravens didn't go there. So Yeah. I mean the thing is what with, with the American American expansion Obviously, the 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 brainchild of that was John Candy, and it was an idea obviously worth exploring, and you know those expansion fees saved the league itself. Um, the Baltimore Stallions yeah. moved to Montreal, so it was a it was a success in the in the sense that it kept the league alive. Now, you know, recently, get, not talking about social media too, because there was somebody that kicked out an article. We talked about him uh, in a previous show. Just kind of was it wasn't you know the guy the guy who put out the article about American expansion about taking a second look at it. I think he wrote it in the sense, hey, let's just let's have a conversation. And I thought he did a really at first when I saw the headline. That's one of those things, man. I always like after I read the headline, I got to dig deeper. Because I understood the headline came across as, oh, this is a great idea. We got to do it. No, not really. It was just basically like, let's just do a thought experiment here. And he brought up some good points. But when it comes to expansion, when it comes to comes to them, comes to Americans in their football, bottom line is they're not going to watch CFL football. Read down I mean, football. They're not going to get into that nonsense. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mean the CFL nonsense, but the fans, you know, they they want traditional. They want they want football like it is. They don't want and they don't like, want to have it have to explain how come there are only three downs. Yeah, it's 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 hard. You know, I'm you know I've had to explain that to members of my family. And it's being like, a football and being a football historian, we know that some of these these fields that these these teams play at, they, they didn't fit CFL regulation fields. Right, yeah, right. So they they, they weren't they didn't even fit them. So like, if you can't play it the way it is, don't do it. Like Major League Soccer, they don't, some of these teams don't even have those same fields. Well, uh, they're all different fields depending on where they're playing. So if you can't have the same field, then don't put a team there, please. Don't don't sugarcoat. Don't put a team there. Yeah, I know. There's talk now of the CFL, and I heard this on the World of Football podcast. And shout out to to Randy and Adam, um, Randy and Adam 
over there because they're the ones that brought it to my attention. I was in my car yesterday listening to those guys. And but the CFL is talking about playing a preseason game in Honolulu, mm. which okay, I'm like, okay, that's great. But then I'm like, wait a minute, what am I gonna play? Shit. With, with, with Hawaii play Aloha, so Aloha Stadiums, unless they get again, it goes back to what you just said. I'm like, it won't fit, it's not gonna fit the field. They gotta have a regular, they've gotta have a CFL stadium. Hey, it's great you want to play in Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii twice. Um, if I could, ret- if I could have retired there. I would have done in a heart because it is true, truly paradise. But bottom line is you got to have a regulation size field to play Canadian football period. And for those who don't know, they, when it, the American expansion, when they, there was only two fields, maybe three that were able to fit in a regulation size field. Obviously Memorial stadium was one of them. The Alamo Dome was the other one, and I think the one out in Sacramento, the field in Sacramento was able to fit it. Otherwise, Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham wasn't. Birmingham definitely wasn't. Birmingham wasn't. Memphis wasn't. Right. Um, so Streetport wasn't. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and, and, and sadly, you know, it's Fran. It's hard to find pictures of those stadiums from back in those days with the with the Canadian fields. I mean, there's pictures of Memphis, what it was like at the Liberty Bowl, and pictures of Memorial Stadium. But trying to find images of the other stadiums with, um, you know, I guess I need to go back on YouTube um, and take a look. I know I do have all, I do have both seasons of the Baltimore Stallions on DVD, and I need to need to do a hard hard look, <laughs> put those in the DVD player, and have it take a look, and maybe I can see that. But yeah, bottom line is. Americans and Canadian football. I mean, there's a hardcore group of us Americans that love Canadian football, but on general, I mean, fan apathy towards the CFL in the States is huge. Nobody cares. And plus two, trying to even find it on TV other than CBS sports network, which only shows you about half the season. Anyway, you've got to go look for it. I'm honest. With you talk about CFL. Um, they, they dropped the ball uh, with, with, um, going for ESPN for CBS Sports. I mean, they dropped the ball. At least oh, they I had agree. the platforms, the exposure. They went for money, but nobody. It got buried. I mean, yeah. the Great Cup. The Great Cup should have been on CBS Sports Network. I, I, w- I have CBS Sports Network. I would, I would have taped the game. It was a great game. It was a great trying game. to get I... eyeballs. Why have a TV deal on the U.S. if you're not getting fans to watch? He and fans are not going to watch an app. They, 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 it's too much of a headache. If it's complicated, people are not going to do it. Right. I, I'm a, I, I don't have the patience for that nonsense. That's why I watch it on YouTube. That's it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if you're, and so that kind of gets rolls into the XFL. So we had XFL 3.0 come along. And well, first off, with the XFL, what did you think with three point, version 3.0 in terms of the execution of the plan to get it? from concept to week one. Well, here's a perfect example. Uh, there, there wouldn't have been an XFL 3.0 if there was an XFL 2.0 because these people would not have spent the money. They, they got pennies on the dollar, $15 million, Dwayne Rock Johnson and Redbird. They would not have spent all that money to start itself in the first place. There's no, they can say how much they love football. They would not have spent hundreds of millions of dollars. Let's, let's be honest. They would not have spent that. But they did things a little, a little bit cheaper. Um, I give them credit. 
they have presence in home markets. I give them credit. I really felt that was a big thing. I mean, the hub format in the city, practicing one city is fine, but you still have to get engaged. And I'll be honest with you, I thought Vegas would have worked if they had a good venue. If they had played yeah. Allegiant, but the Raiders I apparently blocked that. If they played there, the fans would have loved that cheaper alternative. But Vegas was not going to allow that to happen. I thought Vegas would have been a great market if they had the right venue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they're playing in a, basically an abandoned baseball park. And you know, if they would have been able to play at where the Raiders play at, that's right off the strip. I mean, I, you've I mean, got a I mean, you've got, you know, <laughs> it's be so easy to market spring football to people on the strip. And the thing was, if you make the ticket for ticket prices lower, and I mean people there are actually people that actually want to enjoy football on a budget and and the XL yeah. could have been sold as we can spend 40 bucks and have fun. And, and they could have had their passionate little fan bases dressed out. And they could have done a, a, even more creative nickname. That's the other thing I didn't like about this new version of the XFL. They, they could have done more creativity with nicknames. They don't want to do Vegas Vipers. Do something else. Like Orlando Guardians, that's what New York was. Do something else. I would have been happy if they did Orlando Rage. Just do another – don't just be cheap down and and use a brand we already have. Do something different. Get you know get some eyeballs. What's a Guardian for, for Orlando? Come on. Do you think? Do you think when it comes to the marketing of the XFL? Because this is kind of where I had a, a big issue. It didn't seem like it was marketed like it, I was expecting. Like XFL 2.0 was. Well, the, Vince spent the money. He, he he spent so much more money. This was a little bit scaled down, so they spent less money. They had people doing work, but the thing was, it's like for example, uh, social media is nice, but. You're preaching to your choir. You're not doing. You're not getting new fans. If if you're a dumb NBA fan, you're gonna follow Facebook. But you know, how are you gonna get more fans if you're just preaching to the same people over and over and over and over? So. Well, it's 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 you know everybody's. That's a bad thing about social media is every social media fandom is an echo chamber. And XFL, USFL, those are small echo chambers. That think they're big echo chambers, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. People think they're in that echo chamber on Facebook and their groups and wherever else. They think they think what the reactions and the likes and the comments they're big time. Guess what? You're not. I mean, right. outside of that 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 circle, nobody knows what, what you're saying. Nobody is reading what you're saying. So, uh, like one reason why I like writing for Arts Central, other people ask me to write for other sites. They've been around for over 20, like 23, 24 years. They have sites for, they have everything, every single league on there. So if a lacrosse fan happens to cross that page, they're going to read my stuff. If a hockey fan, baseball fan, they're going to read my stuff. So I love the fact that I have a, pl- a platform that people will just come across. Oh, look, here's Fran's stuff. Let's see what he has to say this week. So yeah, that's the yeah. so these these sites that do their own little name by name stuff and try it's not going to work, not going to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. It just I mean the XFL. I mean, thank God. I mean, you know, I said this in the last show when I was talking when Dave and I were talking. Um, you know, the people that put in that do you know your XFL news hubs, your your pro football newsrooms, your XFL boards. They all do. They're all very passionate fans. They all they're not making money really off any of their websites or anything they do it because they are fans and i just wish the xfl would have leveraged these guys more and i think and this is just my opinion i could be way off base but i think the xfl really dropped the ball when it came to marketing this league by 
you know, put sending out cease and desist letters to people that were doing XFL podcasts saying, Hey, you can't use our name anymore. You, yeah. you can't, you, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like you too, when it comes to social media and this is where I think people got kind of pissed at me. I'm like, okay guys, um, you know what? Followers and impressions don't translate to eyeballs on sets or asses in the seats period. So you can crow all you want XFL about your social media following. And, you know, Danny Garcia, I'm not a huge fan of because to me, XFL 3.0 sure seemed at least anytime I would turn on the TV, I, I, it was all about her. It was all about the rock. It wasn't all about, it wasn't about the players. It wasn't about the fans. At least that's how it made me feel. Well, I, I honestly feel they could have done, they could have done a little bit more, you know, promoting the product themselves. They could have been, they could have gone on TV shows. They could have done a little bit more. It, it, it wasn't as much as I thought it would be. I thought they'd be more, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, like when a celebrity has their movie, they go from radio station. It wasn't, I feel like they, they could have been used a little bit more to get more attention as far as from a standpoint where they could have, you know, gotten more people to follow. They, they weren't used as I thought they would. I mean, when I was down in Orlando, they had their, um, the first ever game, Garcia was there and uh, Russ Brandon was there. We did that. They had their their state of union. But the thing was, it just kind of surprised me that they, I mean, The Rock, when, when they had their first, they was all four games when they first, but the thing was, I'm surprised it wasn't used, they weren't used to a point more to, to get more to get the people to watch to get to get more attention even just to talk about the league get get on get on these these, these radio shows get on these podcasts yeah. and the thing is there's times they were on when they're on these things and they even mention it why be on you have a platform i mean some just mention it come on yeah. tell these tell these people i mean i'm gonna come on I'm, I'm gonna talk about whatever you want me to talk about but i'm gonna mention my my league on work i own come on let's be honest here yeah, it's you know I know maybe I'm, I'm hoping that this year everybody has not only done their homework but has also read their history books. And you and I are you know I mean we're on Sports History Network, so that you know for anybody who's listening, well that's kind of you know our thing. We like to take a look back at old leagues past and you know memories and dissect hey what happened and even you know there's a great show too and I'm I don't know if you've listen to good seats still available the show that Tim Hanlon does to look at old leagues and, you know, talk about, you know, not only the nostalgia, but also why these leagues failed. And I am very hopeful that this year, everybody did their homework. So when the league kicks off, we're not sitting around on social media, bitching and moaning about attendance. Hey, I can't get my Jersey. You know, that was the other thing too. The XFL just did not have the swag ready like Vince McMahon did back in 2020. I mean, when you go to a game, you want to buy a shirt. I mean, you and I have been to enough minor league games to know, hey, you got to have, I mean, the minor league games, they sell swag. Yeah. You know, to me, so I'm very hopeful that this season will be a success. Um, What say you? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think it'll be a success, but I, I hate to say it, it's a it's a little based on what, I, what I've seen. It's a bit of a rush job. Everything's okay. been. It's look how long it took this merger took, took. We thought it was gonna be done sooner. It's taken. It was announced early Jan, early January. That's kind of like I'm I'm shocked it was December. Get get this done quick because then get because because the stuff we saw on on uh 
blank book. I mean, come on. I mean, everyone was like, it's just, I mean, for months on end, people were going, like, going gaga for any little, little nugget, and there was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean these, no media out to cover. Except for a blog. I don't even know what, how these bloggers can even come up with something. I I, I mean, my, my point while I was making on social media, which I got ripped for, I was waiting till an official announcement. Right. I was not going to put myself out there and write about soap opera. I, I, I want to write facts because Paul would kill me. He would never even let, allow me to write a story based on uh, what could happen? This and this and this and this. Like one media guy, which really pissed me off to no end, um, claimed that all eight um, USFL teams would survive, joined by uh, four USFL teams. And here's what ended up happening: a Birmingham fan that hates hates the XFL shared that on every Facebook page as a victory lap for USFL fans getting into a flame war. So the thing is, if you, in, in media, you have one chance. To get it right, you share right. it right and uh, vet it. Make sure it's pro- it's right. But in this world, in a newspaper, you have to put a contraction. But on Facebook and Twitter, whoops, 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 and unacceptable. So yeah, I, I take my job seriously, and it's just embarrassing that people think, oh, well, I mean, they 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 rather just throw a million things on the wall and hope something sticks. I rather have the I rather have everything I write be right. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, my criticism of the XFL media landscape has been pretty harsh, and people know that. And if they follow me on social media, they know I can be a dick. And but like as long, you, as, long as, as long as you have a big following, you can say whatever you want. Uh, yeah, I, it's. But the re- the reason why I've been a dick about it is I'm like you. Listen, just don't fucking excuse my pardon my French, as my dad would say. Um, just don't put stuff out there that's rumor and now reporting it as fact, whether it be, you know, re you know, reporting about my biggest pet peeve. And this is just me is when that whole story about the Argos Argonauts going to the more sick, uh, the better XFL, which was put out by one news site. Um, and they picked up on a, a, a somebody saying something and just ran with it. And it was like, Oh no, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is not journalism. This is speculation. And as somebody, and again, my my background's different because I was not a sports journalist. Never, you know, I've I've done a couple sports essays, but my background has been in military intelligence, where um, if you don't have the facts right, people are going to die. Now, again, I'm, I'm using this; it's an extreme example, but I also worked in the court system, where reports of mine, background investigations went to the Supreme Court. Everything I wrote always had to be sourced. I always, I couldn't come back to, you know, my command, you know, my commanding officer or the chief or, or the judge saying, well, we heard. No, 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 no. And that's to me, when it comes to sports journalism, I am just like you. Hey, if you're going to put something out there, you better be able to back it up. And all these guys, and God love, and that's, you know, the thing is YouTube is great. The internet's great because we can all be citizen journalists, but be responsible citizen journalists and be responsible citizen sports journalists too. And that and that's what you are. You are a very responsible journalist because when I read what you write, I'm like, okay, I know he's done his homework. Because you've also too, over the years, built up a reputation where nobody's question you know you're just not coming out of nowhere no no a lot of- uh, basically basically everything i've written nobody's ever said anything negative never right. no one's ever said 
I never had the printer retraction. No league has ever contacted me. Nobody's ever said right. one thing about anything I've written. Nobody. And so you are like, not. And you are not putting in your articles. And this is what I like about our Sports Central, because other news sites do this, and it pisses me off to no end. That they just their whole half their new half their news story is images of clips off Twitter. Okay, that's not. That's not. That's that. That's not. That's not. That is nonsense. That's not. That's not breaking story. That's someone else's story. I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather have the story released than give my opinion. That's how I learned how to write. Yeah. I don't want to. I would never want to. Oh, look what happened here, and then and then steal someone else's article. That has nothing. That's not journalism. That's just page clicks, which mean nothing. I mean, yeah. these damn sites embarrass me. I, I I hope I never see some of these people when I cover these games. Honestly, if I do, I may say something. And, you know, uh, to me, I like, and I'm not, a, I, mean, I have my podcast and at some point, you know, I also do another, um, do another podcast and everybody who's listening to this podcast knows it's Gridiron Japan where John, BJ and I, we kind of cover the Japanese game. We're the only games in town here in Japan on the English language side, looking at the game. And we, I'm getting to a point because I'm, I'm the retired guy. I'm the guy with the most time on his hands here in Japan. Then I'm kind of starting to transition over into making Gridiron Japan more of a news news site. I want to start reporting on the game here. Um, and obviously, you know, I, people ask, well, what's it like in Japan? And I go, well, I've been settling in for the last year. And it's been, you know, it's been a long it's been a hard transition because I'm literally in, you know, I'm on the far side of the world here, even though it sounds like Fran and I are right next door talking. But when I report about the X League, it's going to be based on facts. It's not going to be based. I'm not going to grab clips. You know, um, I don't know. I'm just old school. I, I I like my facts, and if I can't back something up, I'm not going to put it down on paper. And I mean, the one the, the one thing I like to do with my column, which which you see on my Wigger, I like having videos. That's different. I'm not. I'm not. That's just a visual aspect side of it, where people can see. Like when I in my column, I had the college game day where you the, the, reveal the team names. And, I'll, and speaking of that, yeah. you gotta get Pat McAfee involved with this league in some capacity. I mean, he has his show. You, you do, if you do a weekly UFL show, people go gaga over there. If he's doing the games, people are gonna watch him. Have him involved, please. Pat. You need a personality. And, you I do. mean, the guy, the guy, and, and the funny thing was, he kind of like, kind of like threw the USL a little bit under the bus, like saying, you guys were a little bit better. Well, of course they were a little bit better. They, they, they did more fan engagement. They did, a, they did a better job. But, but if I say that on Facebook, um, people may block me. I'm just, you know how it is. Uh, well, I know how it is because I've been blocked, I think, by every XFL fan site there is there. So, <laughs> it's almost to a point where on, on Facebook now, all I want to do now is just share my articles I, I write. That's it. I'm not going to do opinions because it seems like anything I share, someone's going to be offended to it. I can't even say um, put, put an opinion for a possible discussion like um, about po the possible rule changes. I said I threw it out there and said, oh, oh this is just rumor. Well, this is, a, this is a Facebook group. We're supposed to discuss things. I mean, I, uh... I wasn't. I'm like, people are nuts. I mean, I wish I, I, I wish I had their job where I could live on Facebook all every day. In the heydays, where people, where people, where jobs monitor everything you do. I guess, I guess jobs are getting lazy these days. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, the, that, smartphone, the smartphones changed a lot of that too. <laughs> well, yeah, because very old days you did it on your computer, and then like yeah. they can, they can, they can track that stuff and nail you. Now yeah. you can do it on your phone. Now, like you know, like uh, but the thing is, I just don't, get, I just don't get how you, how some people can just be on Facebook all day and have this. I mean. 
dude if you, I if you live in, if you li- yeah. i used to be at facebook all the time it's it's a funny story but i'm like literally sitting right next to my boss because <laughs> we lived in we worked in open spaces she looked at me she's like are you posting memes no she goes <laughs> she showed me the phone but yeah it's like yeah, we all live. I mean, everybody's on their phone. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I, I, I believe I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of, a, of that too. But if I have things going on in my life, I'm not. I can't. I'm not on my phone. I can't. Yeah. If I, if I have work or I have some, or if I'm covering other leagues, I'm not doing that stuff. If I like, I'm covering yeah. soccer games. I'm like, there's a time where I'm like. It's, I don't want to take you know, like four or five hours away away from my phone. I don't need to be on there to right. get to get to get update on Facebook. I'm like, uh, I'm. A, I mean, if someone needs me, I'll get back to them eventually. And if they get offended, I'll yeah. get back to them too quickly. Too bad. So. Well, and too with Facebook and social media, everybody just kind of regurgitates the same rumor. Yeah. And, and you know, in in the mil- in the military, we called you know, there's human intelligence, uh, signals intelligence, and to me. We always had rumor intelligence, and it's nothing but rumor intelligence that circulates over and over and over, and you get tired of it. And, and I here's, know, what, I, here's I, the problem. I here's the problem I have with, with some of the fans. I'm like, uh, I mean, if you have a favorite Facebook group, just stick to that group. Yeah. Don't just spam every single page with your opinion. There's some guys that just want. I mean, create a website and then link it. I mean, there's, there's one guy like I think some some guy from Houston that. I mean, he basically goes to every single page and spams the, his opinions. The mass, the mass, Lo, Los Mysterio, the Los Mysterio. I like yeah, him. He's not, I mean, I, I, I've dealt with him a couple of times. But the thing is, he spams every single page promoting his opinion, even if we, even if it's not factual or fun. It's all based on speculation. Like, wait till the league announces, then go, then, then. I mean, I mean, all that wasted energy and anxiety. People are on edge over there on Facebook. I'm like, people yeah. are people. Some of these people are, are have mental issues. Some of these people have jobs involved with this league. I'm like, just chill. It's just the football league. It's just. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's. That has failed so many times, and for as far as people who have who try to get jobs in these leagues, unless you live at home with your parents, I wouldn't do it because it's too well, risky. Let me ask you this, just in terms of kind of I'm kind of switching gears here because I didn't even think that's a great subject to talk about. In terms of the job opportunities with these, you know, with minor leagues, and we'll just talk about the, you know, well, you just use football out there. I mean, what is the job market for, and I ask this because I just don't know the answer to the question, but what does the job market look like for somebody, say it's right out of college or is is trying to figure out their, where they want to go in life? What does the job market look like for somebody wanting to get into, say, sports management, sports information? What's that like right now? Or, or, or work for a team. It's basically yeah. one, one, you have to be able to trap, relocate anywhere. Some people are willing to that. Some people are in their conference and they, don't, they want to stay at home the rest of their lives. You have to be willing to, if you want to get in the sports industry, you have to be able to go anywhere where you can get an opportunity. Second of all, you have to network. So if you know somebody that can knows you, uh, you could do well. Like perfect example. I mean, I, I saw you liked my Fayetteville Marksman article. Um, so I, I covered that game, uh, the game a couple weeks ago in Fayetteville. I think is those people are really nice. They, 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 they were really nice to me. They, they like they, they, they have like five million jobs. Everyone doing all these different jobs and running around like lunatics. But they love what they do. And the thing is, it's a passion to a point where they do it. They get their exposure, make their net connections, and then they move on to the next opportunity. Because it's not, okay. I mean, that's how it is. 
It's it's okay. one of those situations where, I mean, these minor leagues, you move up. I mean, there's teams that go from minor league soccer to major league soccer, and you see an opportunity, you uh, you pay your dues, you network, and, and and the thing is with these sports leagues. There's so many people that, that that see your stuff with your with your press releases and articles, and if you're a professional and you do a good job, you have tons of writing samples. So keep on banging out those press releases. Keep on banging out content. The bottom line is this: in this industry, somebody's going to notice it. That's how, like, uh, how I got my job with our sports center. Paul knows what I was doing. How, um, like, uh, even like with you, I mean, I you read my stuff for years, and all of a sudden you friend request, like, who is this guy? And then we started to talk, and I found out how cool you are. So, yep. Oh, thank you, thank you. I- you know, I'm really enjoying this, and it's uh, you know that's Me too. Uh, I, and that's the thing about podcasting, because you know as much as and that's how you know I got into this through Scott Adamson, and Scott was our original co-host here, and Scott's still a great friend of mine, even though he's not, you know, he's not co-hosting anymore. Um, here he comes but, now. Here comes David. More somebody's on here. Now. Oh, hey, Dave. Let's see. Dave Solinsky is joining us. Wow. Hey, Dave, nice to meet you. You can't see me, hey, but I can see you. No problem. Nice to meet you. I apologize for being late. I... Long story. So oh, you, must, okay, you, 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 you must have been snowed from Buffalo, from what I heard, right? Is that how I... That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, how's they're, how's they're, everything going, man? Good, good. No, it's great. Just calling for... They're actually calling for snow this weekend. So it should be oh, no, no shock. Stay, stay indoors. <laughs> yeah, let me. Back. Are you near Lake Erie? What, what what lake are you near out there? Let's give you know what what what, what lake where you, are you near where you get snow? Um, ten feet of snow. Lake Ontario. Okay, well I was close. H O M E S. I I was one of those five. Yep. 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 I, I grew I grew up near Lake Erie. Now I'm over by Lake Ontario. So I was half right. Okay. Yep. Yep. So Dave, uh, we were just in the middle of talking about you know for people. Wanting to find a career, we're starting out young, you know, how to get themselves noticed, how to get themselves established in, in, in a career and say sports management and that, um, your thoughts, what do you, what would you suggest or recommend anybody coming right out of college or wants to pursue a career in say sports information, sports management and that type of stuff? Interning. Intern. I, I can't recommend that. That's the route I took. Um, I'm so old. There wasn't sports management when I was in college. So um, I was lucky enough that <clears throat> I met some people in professional sports um, and I just interned. I, I, I was probably a little crazier than most. I ended up quitting a part-time paying job to be able to then intern uh, pretty much basically full-time. And that's how I got my start. Um, I, I, I went, I went all in and that was the career I wanted to go into sports. That was the career I wanted to do. And, um, I gave up a lot while I was in college to do that, but, uh, it gave me a solid, uh, it was a, tw- a good, a very good 20 year run. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, I, I did my internship at ABC eyewitness news in Manhattan. I lost highlights of sports events. I was, uh, um, I was logging college sports. And I, I, I lived in Staten Island at the time. I was taking the ferry. Doing, I mean, I got a $5 stipend. I hope you got more money to intern than I did. Oh, I, I got nothing. I, I got, I got labor the love. Yeah. I got the opportunity to work 14 hours a day for no pay. Um, and, uh, actually, you know what, at the end of the day, um, all that ended up getting me a full-time job. So I, and what, I, do you, I and what, 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 doing what, let's, let's get, what, what do you do now? 
Oh, it did. Well, I, my my background is ticket sales. So hmm. I went into season tickets, group tickets. That was my uh, bread and butter. Um, what leagues? Uh, I, I worked uh, for the Rochester Americans, Rochester Nighthawks, Rochester Rhinos, Rochester Rattlers. Um, so that's AHL, NLL, um, no, the USL, USL, USL. It, it went through a couple iterations. A league, first, a it, league. I mean, I, I know, I know my history. I covered those leagues, and the thing is, yep. Rochester at one time used to be a top minor league sports town. I don't know if it is right now, right now, but at one time it was number one as far as minor league sports. So yeah, at one time, I, I you, have, at one time you were king of the hill. One time, I had those articles because I was there during that. I I worked uh, I worked for the Amherst. I worked for the Rochester Sports Group from '95 to 2007. So I was I was there um, when they started the Nighthawks, started the Rhinos, started the Rattlers. Um, and at one point, I ran the ticketing for all four of those teams. Um, two two different stadiums, then a third stadium. Uh, that's my background, professional sports, and I. Uh, went down and uh, worked with the Carolina Railhawks um, down in that's Raleigh. My, that's my neck of the woods. Yep, I, so live, I, I live in Raleigh. I mean, that, that's when they, that's that's when, that's before when they came Carolina. I see when they were Carolina Railhawks, they spent money. They spent lots of money on players. They actually spent money when they went to Carolina. See, they spent no money. That's my take. I uh, I left in two thousand nine. We we uh, yeah. I, it was it was it was a fun two years. I had a lot of fun. It was a great stadium to work at. Um, I was lucky enough to. Uh, Riding a private jet a couple times to go to to some uh, went to a couple U.S. Open Cup matches, um, and I was with, I was with the Rhinos when they won the U.S. Open Cup in '99. So it was some won a Calder Cup, won a couple, um, won a major indoor lacrosse league championship, national lacrosse league championship. Was a part of a few different uh, uh, USL U.S. Open Cup, and then um, I went back up to the Rhinos from 2009 to 2016, and then we won the USL championship again in 2015. So it was, uh, it was, it was, I can't, I mean, it was a great 20 year run. I enjoyed it well, thoroughly. Well, it is well deserved. And, and like with the US Open Cup, MLS, you guys are a bunch of overpriced crybabies playing this league. Let these play in this league and have fun. Oh, you, know, you want to have your MLS? No, you want to have a, a soccer monopoly. These leagues deserve to play against each other. You guys, you guys are too big for your britches. You want to be in your own fan club? By all means, go. I mean, I, I like these smaller leagues more than these big leagues. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, I'll drop. I'll drop some news. Happened a few minutes, a little while ago. I think you mm. guys were um, recording. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson signed with the Edmonton Elks. Making more money. He has he has better coaching in CFL than he did in um in um in New Orleans. So yeah, but he, yeah, he, he he came back to chase the dream to to play over here and get a look. I I can't I can't blame the guy for that. It was it was um it was he was going for one more shot, and I I can't blame him. Um, and now I think he understands where he's at, and he's gonna go back playing the CFL. Don't blame him at all for that. Or at least and he could. And you know what? It might just not be a one-year deal. If he plays well enough, he might be there for a few more years. Because as we yeah, all know, yeah. you know, age is really not a factor in playing quarterback anymore. And, and Everton needs not. and Everton needs a quarterback. So that, that, I mean, he'll get he'll get a chance to start. He wants to a team where he's where he's gonna get a chance to start and not hold the clipboard. But then again, the CFL quarterbacks get injured every five seconds in that league. So so he, he can play any moment. We call him, we, that's for another show. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. true because you know the CFL. I mean, it's nice seeing Nathan Rourke getting a shot down here, but man, I sure would like to see him back in a BC Lions uh, uniform mm -hmm. at some point. 
Well, because... a question, question, question. Do, do you guys think Chris Steve is going to um, go back to the CFL, or do you think he's going to latch on to an NFL team? I think. I mean, I, I think he can play in the CFL as a backup and, and and help a team out. But the thing is, when you make the NFL team, they don't. These people don't realize every year you play in that league, you get closer to getting that magic word pension. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then, and these and these people don't realize these dumb fans say, "Oh, go! You want to play? No, you get in the NFL. Even if you're holding clipboard, after a couple of years, you get pension." So these fans are uneducated, and they need to know that. Yep. Well, I think if if once you make it to the NFL, and you said the right word there, pension, you're gonna you're gonna hang on to the NFL as long as you can, because yeah, obviously it means because you walk away with the pension. I don't know what it. How long it you have to be to be vested to get that four years? Oh, is it four years now? Four years now. Dave's like, hey, he just told me it's four years. I'm like, I thought it was three. I mean, because- I mean, so, I mean, some guys kind of just went went back because they, they wanted to play like Ricky Ray. He didn't want to hold a clipboard like Henry Burris. Some of those guys just like they didn't have they right. didn't they they just eh, they they wanted to play. They 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 want they, they, and plus they were older too. I mean, they, they wanted to play, and Ricky Ray made a smart decision. Harry Burris, you know, he hung around a little bit long. I mean, he made the right decision. If he you're young, the Bears for go about for a it. Yeah, yeah, he was on the Bears. Uh, yeah, I I'm saying. Down. I, I mean, if you're young, you might as well go for it. Doug Flutie. I feel if he, with him, if he, if he had the right system, he would be a great NFL player. If he, you, if he, if he had the right system, he would have been, he would have been a star. Yeah, I, yeah, it's kind of like you know, with you can talk about NFL people that, to me, I would love to see playing the CFL. Um, kind of segue in there uh kyler murray i mean i'm a i'm a huge arizona cardinals fan and i can't stand kyler murray in an arizona cardinals uniform because he hasn't done anything to, for me to earn that money however with that said he'd be perfect in the cfl with the way he moves and with his arm so it's just my thought right there one thing is i mean uh unfortunately now all the money he has that's that's the other thing. Some people say, "Oh, let's go play in these small leagues." They have millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, unless they have a passion to play, or they want to resurrect their careers or prove the, prove the haters wrong. They're not going to will go down to a small league. Some people suggest, "Oh, every every Joe Blow playing in arena football league, they're not playing for chump change." Yeah, they well, make more know, money pumping gas than playing in those leagues. Come on. Well, Fr- Franny actually brought up something I wanted to talk about. Um, we just haven't gotten to yet, but now is a perfect time. Let's talk about the Arena Football League All because right. the Arena Football League is starting once again. And what I know, I mean, I see the stuff. Where are we at with the Arena Football League? Is it going to happen this year? I mean, it's or gonna, is it? It is, is it going gonna be- to happen, but it, it has been so quiet as a mouse. Perfect example. Why in your right mind do you have a big New York show revealing the schedules and then only to change the schedules. There's been no, there's been no information going on out there. There's been nothing. It's been quiet. I mean, my at this point, they should just cancel the season and play and reorganize. The only, I don't know that much. The only thing I know is that Ricky Foggy's coaching the uh, Minnesota Myth. That was officially announced today. Um, and and that team's gonna be a myth with what with, with the lack of information. Um, but in all serious, Philadelphia Soul, a travel team. Why even have them? It's like uh, th- there's no information. I and I will say this. I'll make one prediction with this league. If it plays, the one team that's going to win it all is the Orlando Predators. I mean, they they, they love their leagues. They'll get seven thousand fans because people just have nothing better to do in Orlando. And the no Orlando series. Predators are still a real team. They're a real team. They're a real team, and they've had a natural league. And the fan base has been for decades. They the thing was, they've continued to play. These other markets haven't. So, but oh, the, yeah. I don't know. I, 
mean, they, there's no press release. We don't, I don't know a player's line. And they claim they can be on TV. Well, if they're on TV, when you when we watch these games, let's get some popcorn because it's going to be a disaster. Well, I mean, I know. I mean, obviously, being from Chicago, I'm uh, a Chicago Rush fan. Been to three. You know, people ask me, it's like, you ever been to arena game? Go, been to three. And actually, I had seats right on the 25-yard line, two rows up. So it's like I got, we got linebackers in our lap every every game. Um, but the Chicago Rush team, I haven't heard anything new out of them. Well, they, they, they're not going to play. Sure. Apparently, they, if they do play next year, they'll be in, um, probably in Rockford. But they, they haven't said a word. Oh, um, that's, okay. But, um, but I, I don't know much either. It's all vague, 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 vague. So, um, yeah. But and, and we don't even know, uh, like, uh, the TV, we don't, we know nothing. So, and like yeah. my history, I, I covered the Philadelphia solo games. That was fun. I interviewed Bon Jovi once. Someone right. said, oh, um, don't be intimidated by Bon Jovi. Why would I be intimidated by Bon Jovi? Ron Jaworski was nice. They, I mean, I enjoyed the games. The only time I didn't enjoy the games was when they had to play in that old, old spectrum, that dump of a spectrum. So, and when it comes to, you know, the arena league and these other indoor leagues, because nobody really, I mean, obviously Tim, um, um, we've got a show here. We've got an arena fan history, um, history podcast here on the sports history network. But when it comes, the arena leagues to me don't get enough coverage, but then again, to me, they are so underfunded. It's for lack of a better term, it just feels like every team is a fly-by-night operation. Yeah, yeah, they are to a degree, but I mean, at least the IFL has stability. They have stability. Okay. They, I mean, uh, you know, they had their championship in Vegas. At least they have, they, they have those teams fall during the season. At least they're, they, they're trying. And plus, they, they're. T- I, I wonder if they're going to still be tied with this UFL. They were tied with the XFL. That was an interesting. You know, they got some players signed. Well, hopefully that development continues. Yeah, and how important is YouTube to all of these leagues? An absolute must, because don't where else can you watch the games? You can't watch the games anyplace else. The only the only place I'm watching the IFL IFL championship is when they're on CBS Sports Network. Otherwise, you're not wa- watching these games. The National Arena League is a, or um now they have mid, like eight Midwest teams and and now and now the Carolina Cobras are on islands. So that's a, that's a weird league. So uh, okay. it's, I mean, it's well, just the uh, yeah. The, the the National Arena League is basically the CI the CIF CIF re, yeah, CIF rebranded. That's all it is with Carolina. That's it. Yeah, with, I mean that's all Cobras. it is. That's all it is. I mean those. I mean that that I mean, the Carolina. I'm surprised Carolina um 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 still in the league because they're going to spend a fortune on air on air flights. A fortune. Oh oh yes. Well, and and really the really the the interesting part that I find out of this whole thing is with all every league the the three. I guess you can call them the three main ones or the IFL and then everyone else. But whatever the case may be is, is, is the structure, is the structure financially underneath it and how it, how they all flow together because your, your league office is only good as the dues and that your, the teams are paying into it. So if you're going to have a commissioner and you have a staff, all those people need to be paid and they're paid by, the other teams. So it, I'm I'm just curious in how how this how this all all plays out, and it seems like the AFL is that the new AFL is more. I'm not saying single single entity, but it it sounds like they have a extremely strong central base, and then working it out where 
the IFL is under like the old model where there's a bunch of different owners, there's a league and they're all working together uh, to be strong, to, to grow and be stronger together. And I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, there's, well, at least the uh, IFL team press release. I mean, based on what I've seen, I mean, I did a week around the leagues. At least they do team press releases and 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 the product on the field is good. Plus, they 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 do stuff on YouTube, which is plays of the week. They they actually do things to keep fans engaged. I mean, there's times where they had Todd Tryon and I and I um embed it so they can um um you know they, at least they do they do a decent job with that. I mean, I mean, hopefully, oh, yeah. I mean. I mean, it's. I mean, based on what I've seen, it's fun, but it's just unless you have, it's one of those these leagues. Unless you have a team in your market, you don't care. Let's just be honest. Unless you have, you're not going to go out of your way to watch this stuff. Uh, as as far as our sports central is concerned, if we if we if they're not if they're a fly by night, we're not covering them. Like the AIF that that whatever that new version, we're not covering it. I mean, that's we only cover legit leagues, not these fly by night leagues. And with coverage and in, including coverage, do you guys cover? Um, <clears throat> I'm just thinking, you know, you were talking about YouTube coverage, like say the Mexican, uh, the, the league of, uh, the, the Mexican football league down, um, in Mexico, down in Mexico. It's, I'm, it's kind of redundant, but do you guys cover those leagues too, that are out that are in North America, but just slightly outside of America? Um, and if so, how does that work? Do you guys, are you guys, you know, pretty much like if you were to cover the X league here in Japan, you would have to use translation soft translation <laughs> software. How does that work for for you guys? Do you guys have anybody say in like Mexico providing information to you guys to report on any of these leagues outside of the states? Unlikely, because the first of all, um, where where are we getting the press releases? Will they be in English? Where are we getting news articles? The link up on the site. It's uh, those leagues are you know I mean hard to get. I mean just to get any exposure. As close as we the closest we can we probably get to some these teams is what is the ones that that have teams in those leagues like the uh, MASL has the Mexico teams. Like the G League has the Mexico team. Otherwise it's like uh maybe the minor league baseball teams as that's as close as we're if okay. if you have a team in those areas we'll cover them. If we're not then nope. Okay. And do you guys partner with any other website i'm thinking like american football international do you guys well i'd have to I, I'd have to ask, i'd have to ask paul and, and see i mean he's oh, the guy okay. you should, he's, he's the guy you should have on your show sometimes he'd be oh, a good guy we'll to talk definitely about. bring paul on if yeah i mean i'd love yeah, to come on him. you you write his book i mean come on i was gonna yeah. say i'll go all fanboy on him because i do that with every author we have on on this I, show is kind I'll of believe me paul paul's the guy that he i mean he'd come on i mean he still he'd definitely come on your show and, yeah. and, and after i tell him how great you've been to me and you, know, and, and you promote our site like crazy? Yeah, he'll he'll definitely come on. Yep. Yeah, you guys, you guys, like I said, you guys do great work. And again, it's objective journalism, and that's what Dave and I both. Um, Dave and I, we're old school, just like you. I mean, we're both Howard Cosell fans, and I know you, Francis, Fran. I know you are too. Um, yeah. That like that old school, and you know, it's one thing too. That was a thing too. I mean, you know, remember growing up, man, Howard Cosell. He was a journalist. He would. Tell it like it is, and he would piss off people. All, all, and that's that's to me the essence of great sports journalism. Just being right out there, calling it as you see it, reporting the facts, and then just kind of let people make up their own minds as to what they think. So then, that, and that's what I love about you guys. You don't tell the reader how they should think. And the one thing I like is uh, 
Some people can just do po- podcasts. Some people can just write. I can do both. I mean, I like to write and do my thing, but then I like to. Go- but now I have a when I have platforms where I can let my personality come out. That's a little bit different. Where I can be opinions. I, I when I'm writing, you guys stick to the facts and right. not keep and not and not make it about yourself. When you're doing a podcast, that's different. That's where you can you can share behind the scenes stuff. Like when I was down in San Antonio with the XL Championship, I did Alamo tour and I got showered by confetti at the karaoke. But I can't share my stories. Because we gotta stick to the game. Not nobody cares. Right. What I'm, nobody cares what I'm doing. But that's those bloggers. They want. Oh, look what I'm doing on Twitter. And it doesn't. Nobody cares. So. Yeah. Well, you are, dude. You are welcome here anytime. I mean, I know me being in Japan, you guys being in the states. Time zones are kind of wacky, but this works out well. And uh, we are definitely going to do more of this sooner rather than later, too. Um, so before we wrap up everything, Fran, can you tell everybody how to find you on our Sports Central and you know just in general just how to connect with you? You can uh, connect me on our Sports Central on www.rsportscentral.com. You can uh, click on the our Sports Central originals and then you then you can click on my name and then if you see my name you can see my stuff for years because I co- I've been covering over twenty years of of stuff so you can. Scroll through and find stuff. I mean, you can find me on Facebook as Fran Stutchbury. I'll take I'll take a friend request from somebody if uh, you know I I have no problem connecting with people like that or even like uh um you can check us out on Twitter or um or or, or email. I'm I'm not giving my email because then you got everyone's gonna spam me. But uh but like I say, I'm the type of guy you 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 can Google me and you'll find me. So that's all how right. It works. And if you're you know our show, we are from the 55 on on Twitter. I don't like using the term X formally. You know, you know what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, that's the one place. Shoot, shoot us a direct message, and we'll we'll definitely hit you up. Dave, how can people connect with you if they got any issues? Are you still? No, you're good. You're good. He's incognito. <laughs> but I do want to, Fran. I, I do want to say tremendous coverage of the professional women's hockey league. You guys are doing an an, an awesome job. I, well, I have to say, I, I will tell I will tell you one thing, which is a labor of love for me. I end up linking up articles from the papers on there. I help out Paul with that. It's a fun because I like to give because I, I like to give it exposure because those other media out those uh, other outlets are covering it. So talking about that league, uh, it's it has the potential to work. I'm disappointed they didn't come up with nicknames their first year. I'm a little disappointed with that. They should have they should have nicknames in place, but I think it has the potential to work. But the thing is, I hope they get a better TV deal because they got to. They got. I mean, come on. This is. I mean, the, the media is treated like it's the golden thing, the golden child, because it's women's sports. If it was, if it was a men's hockey league, they'd be getting killed. So you know how it works. Well, and, and I say, I mean, the they they don't have a TV deal in the United States. That's true, but um, they're getting. I mean, they're getting eighteen thousand people on YouTube to watch it. I mean, the games are free on YouTube in the United States, and I think it's on CBC in Canada. So. I mean, they're getting exposure. Well, the Canada um, market, the Canada markets love this game. So if, I hate oh, to say yeah. that if they're going to expand, they're going to expand more in Canada. But the problem with that is it's gonna, it's not going to help the TV the TV deal. So oh. they got they they got to think of it that way too. If they they want to build the league, but they if they put it in Canada, they're just going to make Canada money. They're not going to get U.S. money out of it. So that's their that's and their no, catch. I, and I agree, but I, I think right now any money is good money, and. I wouldn't be surprised that before the end of the before the end of the season, though, you'll you'll see at least a couple of games on the NHL Network, just just to just to you know give it a little try, see what see what that does. But 
it's, oh yeah, I could been, see, I could see that it, happening. It's good. It's NHL been good network. hockey. It's been fun and entertaining, good, good product. I mean, and and they're getting so much press, they're getting so much yeah. I mean, the media outlets are going gaga over this stuff. And um, but like I said, this is a labor of love for me. I mean, I've been that you can hear. It's the, I'm just I'm like a media guy, but I have a fan's perspective. That's the mm-hmm. like both all three of us we're media guys, professionals, but we but we but we think like fans. That's that's what makes us different. Like um, like this week I'm gonna be. Hopefully, he set up the interview with Dave Winham, the founder of the Pro Volleyball Federation. I'm going to go cover. I'm going to go to Atlanta, cover the first ever Atlanta Vibe game. That would be fun, just to get out and do something different. I don't know if the league's. Gonna, I mean, it'll be fun. Just I like doing different things, and and you never know who you're going to meet that can help you out down the road. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, gents, on that yep. note, let us wrap everything up. And this is Greg, and with Dave and Fran. We are going to be talking to you guys uh, out there regularly. very regularly. Yeah, because uh, this is a new weekly thing. And Fran, you know, like I said, you are welcome here anytime and consider yourself part of the part of the team here on the from the 55 yard line from here on out, my friend. Thank you so much. I'll, I will say one thing. People say you have to do a short podcast. It can be, if it's interesting, people will listen. <laughs> they don't realize that. If it's interesting, if it's entertaining, people will listen. They don't, these people realize you have to be like half an hour. No, because if it's good, people want to watch. People are like, this is cool. These guys actually know what they're talking about. They, they actually, they don't, they actually have knowledge and history and we're older. We know what we know our stuff. So that's, gr- it's absolute yeah. pleasure, man. The great thing about a podcast is, is, you know, it's like Ed Sable once said, man, let the film roll. The film's like water, you know, data's like water. We got, you know, the only thing that gets in the way of obviously with podcasts is honeydew list from, you know, like Dave and I, we both have a honeydew list <laughs> at some point, but Dave's, you know, I'm here in Japan. So it is approaching noon here. Dave, what time is it on the East coast? Almost ten. Yeah. So yeah, almost ten. Yeah. Yeah. So um between bedtimes over there and my honeydew list here, that's the only that's the only constraints. But yeah, no, I agree with you, Fran. That's the great thing about the podcast. It's like there are no time constraints. And, and, the, other, and here... the other thing and the other thing is people if they if it's interesting, they'll they'll when they're working out, when they're going for walks, they'll they will when they're driving our road trips in their cars. And I guarantee you the following I have and the respect that people are going to get hook, line, sinker. And if it's good, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna listen. And the fun thing is people are going to listen and they're not even going to tell us. And right. then when I go to the championship, Fran, we love your work. I guarantee you when I share this on Facebook, I mean, people are actually, people are going to be like, this is good. So, yeah, I, uh, the great thing about podcasting is, is, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be, this is just, tw- this is like 10 year old me. Wanted to be, oh, it'd be cool to be on the radio and everything. And if you listen, there's an old Harry Chapin song called W-O-L-D. He talks about being a DJ. Well, in the 21st century, all of us can be what we wanted to be when we were growing up as kids. So, and that's what I like about podcasting and and, and doing stuff like this. Because and, I mean, and, was... and honestly, with our history, we, we could do shows on other failed leagues we can do we, we can see it we can do see if we can do we can do like little set shows on fit on these other failed leagues that we you know and, and break them down all these leagues and teams and we we, we the, the content is through the roof because we know our stuff oh so. yeah yeah so we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have more stuff for people to, to enjoy with all of our leagues and 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 with these leagues i mean I'm gonna say it as it is. That's I'm not looking for a job with this league. I'm not looking for oh look oh I'm, I don't care. I'm at the point. I'm just having fun. I mean, yeah. let's just say this. 
God willing, the champs, the UFO champs can be in St. Louis. I am praying. If it's in Canton, then they're being as cheap as possible. Oh, it, no it, thanks. It, you know what? The they better not. No way. The UFL is going to shoot themselves in the foot. St. Louis deserves a championship game there, yeah. period. End of story. Because um, those fans are much like those Baltimore fans of the of the 90s when, you know, with the Stallions. You know, the Grey Cup was supposed to go to Baltimore had the American expansion or exper- American experiment not collapsed. And the people in St. Louis deserve that champion. It should have been there last year, in my opinion. But and I, and, I, and I was looking at the schedule. Apparently, there's nothing going on sports-wise around, around that time. I was, the, the MLS team's on the road. The Cardinals are on the road. They had their own little, own little platform. And, I mean, I wanted to do the Arch. And being from New York – I heard I, rumor has it they have white castles out there, so I can finally, you know, actual oh, yeah. white castle. So I can actually eat white. Ca- I'm like, that's I'm heaven for that. So, yep. yeah, it is white cat. You know, that's that's white castle. You know, Illinois, that whole, area, whole area. Oh yeah, I uh, as Charlie Sheen would say, this podcast is winning. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, thank you very much, Fran and Dave, and uh, for everybody listening, we will be talking to you very very soon. Bye bye. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.